So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm one of your two co-hosts of this show. Joining me as always is former Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion, all-decade cornerback Chris Harris Jr. Chris, happy new year. It's our first show of 2024. How you doing? Yes, sir. Happy new year, man. Uh, doing good, man. And uh, we got some nice weather out here in Dallas. You know, it's not it's not too cold, man. It still feels great out here. So I'm loving it. You just got to rub it in my face, don't you? <laughs> you just got to rub it in my face. It is a uh, balmy, it's a balmy 50 degrees here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, man, the Denver Broncos enter 20, uh, 2024 on a uh, winning streak, uh, winning one streak. And as we go into the final week of the regular season, the Denver Broncos were, of course, eliminated from playoff contention with uh, a couple wins around the league. The Steelers beat the Seahawks in Seattle. That was a huge yeah. game for Pittsburgh to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, won their eighth straight division title. Uh, we get to watch that. That's fantastic. Um, and you know what? Now the Broncos are playing for pride, and they're also playing for a uh, a winning season, which would be the first uh, the best record, uh, most wins since 2016, Chris. This is, I mean, is unheard of for the last five, six years. Do you think that this, if they get to nine and eight and a winning record, do you count this as a successful season? Yeah. Yeah, I would count it as a, a successful season for Sean Payton, you know, seeing that it's his first year here. Um, they did improve. Um, in some areas, and um, that's a good stepping stone. Uh, for Russ, I wouldn't count that as a good year because for him, uh, in a position of that where he was at, knowing that this could possibly be his last year, it was pretty much playoff or bust for him, yep. right? So uh, for him, it's not it's not looking good, but for, I think, Coach Payton and the organization, uh, you definitely seen some improvement. But uh, like I said, next year, you know, you got to focus on – um, protecting the home turf you know if you can protect the home turf um, you got seven or eight games at home 
uh, that'll help you in the long run and being able to get you to that next stage of, of being able to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get to that winning record. We're going to cover a lot in this episode. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Chargers win uh, the last week. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, some concerns that we have with the Broncos offense going into this final week of the season. And we're going to talk yeah. about potential free agent quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks in this episode. But before we get started, Chris, we have a message from our sponsors. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, and trends, as well as uh, additional information on both desktop and mobile platforms, you can access the world's best wagering information at any time anywhere head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds remember to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and chris where we're going to start this episode is talking about that win against the los angeles chargers at home jarrett stidham making his first start of the season easton stick uh, doing all that he can to rally up this Chargers offense that was struggling uh, for majority of the day. Uh, what was your instant thoughts, instant reaction from that game? Were you were you happy about what you saw from the Broncos offense and the Broncos as a whole? Um, I think Stenham went out there and played solid. You know, he didn't do too much. He stayed within the offense. Um, I think he definitely left some throws out there where a little bit um, – inaccurate throws you know a little behind them some of them and uh hopefully we can see him um kind of get that timing down get that uh, progression down and be a little bit show more accuracy this game so uh I, I thought he played solid you know i think the numbers and rust were pretty much identical you know yeah. uh from the time playing each other and uh the the chargers just aren't a good team right now you know without keenan playing without herbert you know those guys and mike will they're pretty much the team so yeah. Um, those guys aren't looking very good. They're going to definitely see them doing a whole rebuild and a retool. Um, and um, but I think uh, this week will get us give us a better look on Stidham to see where we're at with quarterback uh, going into a hostile environment, going to Vegas. They're going to be amped up. You know, it's the last home game. They're going to they're going to have it rocking over there and yeah. the Broncos coming to town. So it's a, still a rival game. And uh, so it's going to be a, we'll, we'll have a better opportunity to see what we got at quarterback. Yeah. And, and the Broncos riding this losing streak against the Raiders, uh, you know, that week one loss still bitter. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. of course, not the quarterback anymore. Um, Josh McDaniels, not the head coach anymore. This is a completely different team. This is not the same team at all. And honestly, it's not the same Broncos team that we saw week one either. Uh, this no. is going to be a team that has to rely on, you know, certain guys on both sides of the ball to make an impact. And I think, to your point, seeing what Sidham can do uh, within the structure of this offense, uh, he wanted the quick game bad against the Chargers. Just, yeah. you know, throw, like you said, throws were a little behind, uh, throws were a little low off target. Um, you know, he's a guy that likes to stick to his first read. So it, it kind of makes it easy for defenses to read that. But then again, this is the guy's first game, first full week of practice. So, you know, hopefully with a game under his belt, two full weeks of practice, he's going to have a better showing. 
like you said, the numbers from the last time they played the Chargers when Russ was still the starting quarterback to Stidham taking over as the starter, nearly identical. Stidham, 20 for 32, 224, one touchdown, no interceptions, uh, two sacks, 92.3 rating. Russ against the Chargers in that last game, 21 for 33, 224, two touchdowns, one interception, two sacks, 91.0 rating. This is nearly identical. We can take away the yeah. touchdown and the interception. Those kind of cancel each other out. Um, so really, it was one touchdown, zero interceptions for both of them. 18 pressures for Russ, though, eight for Stidham. Do you think that that was a result of maybe Stidham understanding uh, the quick game a little bit more? Russ did not really operate the quick game very well, which was surprising because looking back, to the Seattle days, he loved the quick game. They loved operating in the quick game. And looking at Sean Payton's offense in New Orleans, they also loved the quick game. So do you think that that discrepancy in pressures was maybe due to uh, having the different quarterback in there? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Playing against Russ, I never really worried about his quick game. You know, it was more of hitting him liking over routes, him liking uh, the deep ball. And, um, you know, so I never really worried about his quick game playing against him. You know, I knew he loved to run screens. You know, they love to run screens with Harvin and Baldwin. And um, he did run some, you know, option routes with Baldwin in third down, things like that, which you would think of him having a guy like Baldwin, he would be able to connect with Judy more, right? Right. Because they're similar in route running, uh, you know, and the way they operate in the offense. You yeah. know, you would think they would be more connected the way he was with Baldwin, but you know they just haven't been able to get that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but it, it's it's Stidman did solid. You know, um, I think he had great command over the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, he didn't look like a guy that was shy back there. You know, on the sideline, they're showing them kind of um, hyping the guys up and being a very, very, uh, showing communication of yeah. a leader. So. Um, it's it's gonna be good. This is a good test for him to go to L, go to Vegas on yeah. the road. Um, and I think the Broncos should get a good look at him. You know, I, um, receiver and wise, if Corlin doesn't play, um, you know he he has had a great year, but you know Broncos have been by committee all year, anyways. You know, yeah, uh, everybody has touches, so um, it's gonna uh, and the receivers all have been solid. So I, uh, yeah. I don't want to have a we can't let's don't make it an excuse that. He doesn't have Cortland in this game because, I mean, you yeah. know, he's been feeding everybody anyways. Yeah, and and to be fair, to be completely fair, Stidham had a, an identical stat line against the Chargers without Cortland Sutton. And Cortland yeah. Sutton bailed bailed Russell Wilson out with the, in the last game with that huge touchdown. That was field. like 50 yards. How many yards was it, that? Yeah, it, and it, I think uh, – I think, Russ's touchdown to court was somewhere around 45 between 45 and 50 yards. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey's amazing touchdown run was 54 yards. Like you take away yeah. both those, both of those plays for both of those guys. It's still identical. And <laughs> Broncos yeah. fans, that's the point. That is the whole point. One guy's getting paid $10 million over two years. The other guy's getting paid $242 million over five years. $232 million difference for the same stat line. You tell me which one you want. Um, 
yeah, it, it was, it was a performance that was, you know, I kind of held my breath sometimes, but man, the way that he operated, uh, I see where Sean Payton was coming from as far as mm -hmm. his footwork, his mechanics, um, understanding how to move off of his launch point and stay in the pocket. We saw all that he still got out. He still made a couple great runs and you know what? I saw something, Chris, uh, it, it was when they got all the way down to the, the one Brandon Johnson made a great catch on that slant, beautiful ball, put them at the one, two straight pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and like, as a, as a receiver, I don't like that because a, I have to go down. I have to get my hands under the ball. B there's probably a linebacker going to come in and smack me in the neck. Uh, so don't like that. But Brandon Johnson made a great play on that ball. But then you get two straight false starts, offense sputters. It's fourth and goal. Now, you know, they're they're debating whether or not to go for it. Stidham saying to go for it. Uh, and I think they they either took a penalty or there was a timeout called. I think Denver called a timeout. And you see Stidham come over to the, the sideline. And Sean Payton is trying to talk to him. And Stidham is pissed off. He's mad. And Payton said something to him. And Stidham waved him off just like that waved him off and i was sitting there thinking oh are we going to talk about this for an entire week about how the quarterback and and head coach relationship is because the quarterback was mean to the head coach no we're not going to talk about it they, they, this is football there's emotions that get shown um chris right. i'm a little concerned i'm not going to lie the last thing we're going to talk about uh with the chargers game I'm a little concerned about the run game and you let me know if you are too. We did run for 101 yards against the chargers. Uh, and that is the what one, two, three, fourth hundred yard game in the last six games. But watching Javante Williams in this offense, I'm getting a little concerned. Are you a little concerned about the Broncos run game production right now? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the run design is very basic. You know, we haven't evolved to this new running style, these running plays. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of – and we don't have an identity. Are we going to be a zone run team? Or are we going to be a gap team? Um, yep. You know, are we going to be an ISO team, stretch? We don't really know what we're going to do, you know. So it's yep. just uh, trying to figure out what's the identity. Uh, gonna be uh we know when McGoffin comes in we're going outside we're gonna run the toss and we're gonna you know so we know what mm -hmm. happens when he comes in uh and the ident identity of the run game so uh right now I think they need to go in the uh, season and trying to figure out um I, I don't know if Javante's the answer um for the mm -hmm. system of what Sean Payton wants to do if they want to be his own stretch team I, I think they need to go find a little bigger more um speed you know um, yeah. that be able to uh, stretch the um, stretch the defense and then be able to have a great cutback vision. So uh, the run game is definitely – we're still getting 100 yards, you know, and during the, and then during the streak we had 100 yards a lot. Um, yeah. So we're uh, – so to Sean Payton, he's like, I'm still getting 100 yards. You know, I'm doing yeah. my job in that way as offensive coordinator. But yeah, um, uh, we don't have that bell cow guy, you know, that's – you know, that's that Pro Bowl guy back there yet. And um, – yeah, uh, I think uh, does Sean Payton need that in his offense? He probably doesn't, you know. But um, I, I think it's good for uh, Denver to definitely to try to look out there and try to see what what we can find in the draft for sure.
Yeah, and I think if you look historically at what Sean Payton has done with his offenses, he usually operates under that running back by committee build, which mm-hmm. is a very, you know, that's more of the popular uh, way to build your roster. If you want to have an effective run game, you don't, you know, you're not going to give one guy, you know, two, 200, 250 carries a game. It's going to be split pretty evenly. And then different guys are going to have different options in the past game. We saw that with Kamara, Ingram, um, and then, you know, look down that list. I mean, when they had Deuce McAllister, they were still using, you know, other guys as uh you know they had deuce McAllister and reggie bush and then it was mark ingram and reggie bush and then you know you, you look down and they use different guys in those scenarios but when you think uh you mentioned the the disparity between um the identity are you going to be a zone team are you going to be a gaps a gap team i think you know it this year is the year that they look at it and they say which one are we um mm-hmm. and i went and i looked the last four games uh, they have run, you know, 32, 40, 51 zone plays to 35 gap plays, right? And then this season, it's 181 zone calls, 143 gap calls. In 2019, when Sean Payton was still with the Saints, they ran 170 zone plays to 197 gap plays. Um, mm. When I look at Javante Williams and I look at Samaj P. Ryan, those guys scream, gap running backs to me get them going downhill get blockers out in front of them you're pulling guys like this is trap power um you know everything that just is downhill running i see those guys as more that type i see jaleel mclaughlin as that zone outside zone stretch you know let him get outside and then cut back type of back and I just, I don't see P Ryan or Williams in that fold. Am I crazy for thinking that? Not only, um, no, you're not crazy at all. But um, the, another issue is the O-line. You have guys that are built for stretch. Uh, McGlinchey right. is, grew up in a stretch zone system. Uh, yep. Bowles is stretch yep. tackle. Yeah. Um, I got to look at the, uh, the, the interior guys. You know, Powers has done more gap things, you know, yeah. being for the Ravens. Um, yep. uh, Miners, you know, he pretty much grew up in here in Cushionberry. They pretty much homegrown here. Um, so they probably yeah. had to do both. But we know mm-hmm. for sure the tackles are stretch, more stretch guys. So yeah. um, we got to be able to f- um, find guys that can be able to fit um, what the how these guys block. Unless we go get like a big old monster, you know, Trent Williams. Those guys that do stretch and gap, you know, power, they yeah. do it all, you know, but we don't have a big, like we have more lighter tackles yeah. than the big monster, you know, um, uh, big, big dog masher type tackles. Yeah. Um, but they have those guys coming out in this draft, right? They're, yeah. They're all over some this dudes. draft, right? So um, yeah. uh, you can definitely find a replacement for Bowles um, if you do decide to let him go for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to be a trade, uh, you know, a draft day trade candidate. I think Jerry Judy is going to be another guy that's going to be a, a draft day trade candidate, especially if, you know, maybe Sean Payton looks at Jaden Daniels, quarterback from LSU, and says that's that's a guy that I really really want. You know, maybe he's available at nine ten. Make a little trade up. Who knows? Um, but speaking of quarterbacks, Chris. We're going we're gonna to play a little game, okay? Uh, and sure. you're going to rank 
these quarterback options for the Denver Broncos in 2024? Because is Stidham going to be a quality starter in this league? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that he's destined to be a spot starter backup guy. Um, and then obviously the whole Russell Wilson situation, which, you know, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a great backup. I've seen Chase Daniels. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, he did it forever and he, he he's living a great life, you know. So there's nothing wrong with being that, that role. Nothing wrong with it. In. And I think he, he'll be a solid backup. I'm not, I'm, I'm comfortable with being him, with him being the backup for sure. Yeah. You can you, you got to have a, a solid backup now in today's NFL. It, and that's facts. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I want you to rank these quarterback options for the Broncos in 2024. Uh, a lot of talk has been made about, you know, bringing in a free agent. Oh, my God. How are we going to pay for a free agent? You've already addressed that on Twitter. We don't need to talk mm-hmm. about that anymore. Uh, so option one, you're going to rank these from three to one, three being the least attractive, one being the most attractive. Okay. Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill. Rank them three to one. Mm. I'm going to go Brissett at three. Really? I would would go with Darnold at one. Okay. Actually, I'm going to go Brissett at two, Tannehill at three, and I'm going to go with Darnold at one. I respect that. I respect that a lot. I I think Jacoby does a lot of the things that Sean Payton wants to do. Uh, and I think Sam Darnold being with Kyle Shanahan for a year maybe has helped him a little bit more in his progression. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I don't see being anything uh, as a viable option in, in my opinion. Uh, okay. That was the free agent portion. Here's the fun part. The rookies. Okay. We're going to leave the big three out of this and the big three being Caleb Williams, Drake may from North Carolina, and Jaden Daniels from LSU. Your three rookie quarterbacks. Penix isn't in the top three. Not uh, listen from a from a from a draft standpoint. From a draft <laughs> standpoint, those are the guys that are getting talked about as the top three right now. I think that Penix has top five talent. The medicals are going to be ugly though, and that's what that's what's for me. That's what's dropping him down outside of that top three. Top five talent, absolutely. Absolutely. So Bo Nix, Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, three to one. Oh, I'm going Penix, definitely number one. Uh I would go JJ like next, it. McCarthy. Um, and then I would go uh Bo Nix. Okay. Bo Nix like- is the older one. He's uh those guys well, are a little bit younger. Penix um, and Nix are the same age. Are they really? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah Penix did come back. I forgot he had some injuries. Uh, but McCarthy, I know he's pretty. He's, uh, he's I think he's a junior. Twenty. He's yeah. 20. McCarthy's young, so yeah. Actually, I would go McCarthy. Let's go McCarthy number one. Let's hey. go Penix number two and Bo Nix number three. Okay. Um, well, I I don't think McCarthy goes out of the top ten, um, or out of the top five. It really? might go quarterbacks one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> like these guys are going to be a high commodity. Everybody's going to be trying to get up in the top 10. Um, it's going to take a lot of picks to get up in that top 10. Yeah. So whoever has a, you know, the best, whoever has the most picks, man, you know, Chicago's looking very good. They got a lot of options. Yeah. Right. They you can got, trade down. Yeah. You got Fields who's, who started playing better. 
right? You grab him, DJ Moore. He finally got a weapon. He looked good. Give right? him Marvin Harrison more... Jr. Yeah, get him and DJ Moore. They're now they're looking ready. That's, they're looking tough. That's disgusting. You know? That's a yeah. disgusting receiver duo. Right. So then, and then you still got your you still got your pick later on where you can go get yep. a tackle or or another um you know another safety or DB whatever you want really whatever your yeah. needs are. So Chicago's looking good. Or you could trade Fields, get you know, get three a second first round pick, two first round picks, you know, or get something yeah. nice, and then you got three first round or two first round picks, or you might come out with four. You never know what Chicago could come out with. It's gonna be well, interesting. So that report came out yesterday, where it, and the reports are reports. It, it, you know, we know nothing about what is being said behind those closed doors. The report was that Fields right now would field a second and third round pick. That's not too bad. I, I could see, that. I could see a team like Atlanta. Well, because he's going into the final year of his contract, whatever team trades for him is going to have to sign him to a massive deal. So they, they oh, okay, it's, okay. it's kind of like you know, it, it's kind of like we're not going to give you a first round pick for a guy that we're going to have to turn around and pay a massive deal with. Uh, hi, Denver. You did that with Russell Wilson. Um, I could see Atlanta trading for Justin Fields and maybe just saying, hey, we'll give you our first round pick this year. Give us Justin Fields. Uh, done deal. Right. But I could also see a scenario where Justin Fields stays in Chicago. They they trade down from one. I think they still have four. I think they have the fourth pick. Um, and I mean, you, you still get, you still have a chance to get Marvin Harrison jr. If Arizona fumbles that bag. Uh, I, I think if I'm the bears right this second, I'm keeping Justin Fields. I'm drafting Marvin Harrison jr. First overall, I'm saying I'm good drafting a tackle with my second pick, improving that line. Boom. You're good to go. Um, as far as these rookies instantly go, better, instantly, instant, better. instantly better. They played together. They know each other. They, I mean, it's a match made in heaven. And so going back to these quarterbacks, though, Penix with the medicals, uh, that's going to, that's going to be something that will affect his draft stock. And then I think teams will also look at like the quality of players around him. I know Justin Fields got a lot, you know, he got a lot of flack for, oh, he had three first round wide receivers on his team, of course, he's going to do great. Uh, They're going to say the same things about Michael Penix Jr. But Michael Penix Jr. has incredible arm strength, stupid arm strength. All the people that are comparing him to Tua, Mac Jones, stop it. You're not watching. Um, he, He can operate in the middle of the field with incredible accuracy and anticipation. He's not super mobile, but he can be. Um, the only thing is when he's moved off of his spot, he's a little less accurate. So Mm -hmm. Sean Payton guy, absolutely. JJ McCarthy, young arm strength can operate with a a good run game. Anticipation is again, young Sean Payton guy, uh, Bo Nix, good size, pretty decent arm operates really well in the quick game, efficient, accurate Sean Payton guy. All three of those guys are Sean Payton guys, Chris. I think that you're ranking uh, McCarthy, Penix, Knicks. I think that that's completely fine. 
me personally, I have I have Knicks, Penix, McCarthy, uh, only because of the medicals. If it wasn't for the medicals, I would definitely have Penix at the top of my list. So mm-hmm. there's our little game. Let's get to the Raiders game. We're not going to spend too much time talking about this. But Chris, what does Denver need to do to win this game and secure a nine and eight record? Oh, yeah, man, my three keys, definitely. We got to win a turnover battle. It's going to – Stedman has to protect the football. Um, the Ravens thrive off – they've been thriving off turnovers. Just how Denver was um, thriving. They've been thriving off turnovers. Defense has been playing very solid with Jones coming in the lineup at, at the cornerback position. Uh, so yep. we got to uh, definitely uh, have win the turnover battle. Um, the next step, we got to stop Crosby. You know, he's a game wrecker. It's going to be a big game for McGlinchey and Bowles. Uh, this guy's uh, relentless motor, um, and he's tough. He's going to be there every down. He's a guy that doesn't come off the field. He's not one of these other D linemen that, you know, come out for four plays and go back in on third down. Nah, Crosby's going to he's gonna bring it every down. So he's one of my favorite DNs to watch just because he has that type of attitude and that motor. Um, and then other matchups, you know, uh, Sertan versus Adams, that's always a key matchup. You know, Adams is going to want to keep, finish the year good. Um, um, uh, last game when we played him, we shut down Adams, and Myers killed us. So, yeah. you know, they're going to try to go back and try to get Myers involved. So it's going to be a big game to see if um, if uh, Jay Mack and uh, Monroe, those guys can win those battles versus Myers. So those are going to be the keys to win um, this game, especially on the road. Um, a tough environment. It's going to be amped up up there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm. I'll tell you right now, Chris. I'm not looking forward to the uh, mic'd up video where Max Crosby is calling Mike McGlinchey "little ass boy" every uh, <laughs> every town. That that was a that was like a, a peak peak moment for me. Like Max Crosby is just a, a he's a dog. He is an is absolute he? dog. Um, who are your X factor players for this game, Chris? For the Broncos offense and Broncos defense. Man, the Broncos offense, let's go with Stidman, man. I think he's going to be uh, trying to light the light, light up the scoreboard this week, you know, having his second opportunity. Uh, and Sean Payton want to be able to go out there and get this guy like 300 yards, you know. I think he'll, he'll try to go out there and air it out versus the Raiders. Uh, defensively, then, you know, like I said, him having a big matchup versus um, Adams, only having one pick on the season. Um, I think he has 11 pass breakups. Uh, you know he's going to definitely try to go out there and try to get another one on the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be a big game for Satan. Um, oh, we didn't even ask that question. Uh, I, I've seen this on Twitter come up a couple times, and we were talking about trading up for quarterbacks. Would you trade? Let's say Chicago wants to trade out of first overall. Would you trade Pat Sertan? to Chicago, Pat Sertan, and let's say the 14th pick to Chicago, if that meant you were getting Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to get Caleb Williams. To get Caleb Williams? Oh, yeah, for now, sure. Now, the overall aspect of trading Pat, though, that's the thing. You get your you get your quarterback, but now you don't have your cornerback. Do you still well, feel that same? Well, uh, I would go with um... – the guy that's going to have the ball every time, you know, the, you know, okay. I would go with Caleb Williams, you know, a guy that's, you know, he's young. He's going to be, be a quarterback 15, you know, 20 years, you know, however, how long these guys play now. 
at quarterback and um, uh, a freakish talent, you know, a guy that can play with against Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. if if that trade is involved and it's there on the table, uh, I'm Denver. I'm taking that trade so I can be able to uh, get a stable quarterback with Caleb Williams. Um, I'll be able to find a quarterback. You probably won't be at the same time as a Patrick Sertan, but I can be able to find another um, solid cornerback that, you know, be able to be able to be somewhere close to be able to do the job, you know. Uh, yeah. not Probably not his talent, but, you know, he only got me one pick, you know, 11 uh, pass breakups. Um, I can go get a guy that's capable of getting me 30 touchdowns with Caitlin Williams. That's, I mean, yeah, I, re- I respect that. I, I mean, me personally, I, I'm not in the camp of trading Pat. Um, I, I think that I, I just think back to Champ Bailey, man. That, that's what I think about. I think about how Washington regretted uh, that trade. I mean, granted, you're trading for a running back, not a quarterback. I can definitely see that side of the argument. Um, now, if it was, mm-hmm. let's say, let's say we get down to like pick eight, pick nine. Okay. Jaden Daniels is still on the board. And I don't even know who's at pick nine right now. Uh, it, let's say, uh, I'm going to look it up really quick. Uh, let's say pick eight, pick nine, Jaden Daniels is still available. Uh, and that is Atlanta and New York. Okay, Jets and the Falcons. Let's say Jets Jets are at eight. They've got Aaron Rodgers next year. They still have Zach Wilson. Uh, maybe you trade. Do you trade Pat Sertan to the Jets, and and get like the eighth overall pick and take Zach Wilson off their hands too, and then draft nah, you Daniels? don't make that trade. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah you you're not making that, that trade. What if it yeah, was I wouldn't make that only trade only person I would trade Sertan if I can if I can get my hands on would probably be if I can get a Caleb Williams or May. Yep. Those two would be the only guys that I would possibly trade Sertan for if I'm able to get yep. those two. So looking at it, Chicago has the 10th pick still, and they have the first overall pick. Um I I, I don't know if Atlanta takes a quarterback. Um, oh, they're taking quarterback. They, I mean, yeah, they, I would imagine that they would. So you would have to jump them. Uh, Washington, Ch- Washington. So Ch- Chicago, maybe. Chicago, maybe. Washington, Chicago, I'm putting them up there. Uh, Chicago's taking the quarterback. Okay. So Chicago takes quarterback. Washington, maybe. Quarterback. 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 N- New England, quarterback. Quarterback. Arizona, no, I think they're riding with Kyler. Uh, no. Giants, no, at five, no, Chargers, no, no, Tennessee. They, I mean, they like Levis, but that uh, whole team is depends on who's there because probably yeah. three of them are already going to be gone. So you probably got your fourth quarterback. So right now. that would be so if Williams, May, Daniels, let's say that's top three, right? That leaves, I mean, Giants, if they I don't I don't know if the Giants would take a quarterback in that situation. Giants not taking a quarterback. And that's the thing. That's why I said Penix and his injury history is going to be problematic. Because are you going to yeah. take a guy top five and then with all those red flags? I don't know. Um, so yeah. I could see like Malik neighbors going in that slot. Uh I could see Brock Bowers going to the Chargers. 
Tennessee, maybe offensive line, maybe cornerback, maybe they need a lot. Uh, Jets, probably not taking a quarterback. Uh, they'll probably go wide receiver, offensive line. Um, Jets are going O line. Yeah, it's it's it has to be right. They're going up. They're going to with the big boy from um, uh, Pitt State or Ooh, Olu or and if they or make Alt. it there. Yeah, uh, Olu yeah. or all, I mean one of those two. It has to be. So then you have Atlanta, Atlanta, Chicago, Vegas. Right now, Denver has fourteen. Uh, Minnesota Vegas still taking a quarterback. I, I could see that. I could see Daniels going to the Raiders or Penix. I could see that mm-hmm. as well. I, I mean, man, it, it, it's going to be crazy. I think that in any situation, you could always see the trade up scenario for the Broncos, but uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially as we go into this last week, because, you know, this last game is going to have a lot of implications for that draft standing. So, uh, quick before we get out of here, prediction for this game, Chris. Man, I'm gonna go with 21 18 Broncos game winning field goal. I like Titan. that. I like that. I'm gonna go 17 10 Raiders. I'm oh, actually, man. I think that the Broncos, it, listen, if this is Antonio Pierce's last game as the Raiders head coach, they're gonna ball out for him. Uh, and they're going to make it tough for Stidham. Stidham's going back to Vegas. He's got something to prove, but I think Antonio Pierce has something a little more to prove. Uh, That is going to do it for this episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. Make sure that you're following Chris and I on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. Make sure that you subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And make sure that you go over and follow the YouTube channel where we'll have our episodes and interviews up. We're still going to be doing stuff during the off season. Don't you worry. The draft is, is the draft season has already started for me. So very exciting stuff. Chris, thank you as always. Uh, and Broncos country until next time. Let's ride. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.